Welcome to the podcast, a monthly podcast brought to you by Profitable Ideas Exchange. Your partner in strategic relationships and business development. We are your hosts, Aubrey Darden and TJ Dennis. Hey, Aubrey. Happy, uh, happy Thursday. Happy July day. It's like a beautiful, beautiful, sunny, soon to be sweltering day here in Bozeman, Montana. You're not even in the office today, are you? You're on the road. I am on the road in beautiful Salt Lake City visiting a client. It is also quite hot here. I believe <laughs> it is in the mid-90s today, only going up from here for the rest of the week. So needless to say, I'm enjoying this air-conditioned office. Uh, the peppers in my garden are going off because of this heat. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword of sorts. A hundred percent. I'm sure if anyone out there is growing tomatoes, this heat wave is doing you many favors. Uh-huh. Yep. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, today in lieu of a guest, um, we wanted to sit down and actually talk a little bit about two books that have been written by the CEO of, of, uh, Profitable Ideas Exchange, and as well as uh, the second one being written by our VP. We've talked about these books a couple of different times, and I think it's a nice refresh as we're in July and officially in the back half of 2023 to think about the basics of professional services and why they're so much different than other work that takes place in the in the world. Um, I personally um, have how clients buy in front of me. Aubrey, you're looking to never say sell, right? I am. I am indeed. Um, what's worth noting for everybody that's listening to the podcast as well, that both of these books are actually mandatory reading in the onboarding process because it's the way that Pi operates. It's the, it's sort of the guidebook to doing professional services for professional services. And in that meta description, like we need to know what's taking place in these books a little bit. We're going to take a couple minutes and run through kind of the big findings that we both had as we've reevaluated these books. I candidly, I'm so sorry, Tom, um, but I haven't, I haven't you know, picked up the book in a year and a half, two years. Um, and so it was kind of nice to go back through and be like, oh yeah, oh, I should be doing that. Oh, this is a really nice refresher. And this just helps me think about the way that we interact with all of our clients. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, TJ. This was such a critical part of the onboard process because Pi is a very unique business and doing business development in a professional services firm is very unique. And we talk about this a lot, right? So why is doing business development unique um, for professional services? Well, because unlike a product, you can't really sell based on the objective attributes of the thing, right? So most of us are sitting in front of a laptop every Mm -hmm. single day for many hours as we do our jobs. (laughs) And you can buy a laptop based on an Excel spreadsheet, right? You want how much storage you want, how much operating power, you know, Screen whatever size. it may be. Exactly. You can quantify that very easily. Whereas with professional services, it feels a little bit more nuanced. You're often buying based off of credibility with someone, how much you trust them, right? Mm-hmm. Do you trust that they're going to do the right thing for you when your back is turned? And of course, 
referrals and relationships are such a huge part of that as we see in our business and as we see with many of our clients as this is such a core pillar to a lot of the work we do on behalf of our clients here at Pi. Right. A hundred percent. You know, it was interesting. And uh, this is, I feel like I should actually cut this out of the book as a reminder, but there's a quote that starts um, how clients buy that literally talks about that there are at the time of publication, 191,000 books on Amazon, which this was written a handful of years ago. I'm I'm assuming it's probably 250,000 books on Amazon right now about leadership. But they could count on one hand the number of books that talk about being a rainmaker in professional services. That's also kind of Pi's niche, right? Like our goal is to be a rainmaker in professional services. And we see that in the work that we do with clients. But there's only a handful of companies like us and professional services organizations in the world that are like that. And it's sort of a guarded secret, like the keys to being really good at professional services, which of course is why we encourage people to, to read these books or, or consume them in some way, shape or form. But it is crazy also on the, on the heels of being only like a handful of books, that professional services are growing six times faster than everything else in business. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like generative AI hasn't maybe disrupted that number a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but again, at the time of publication, professional services, six times faster growth than anything else in, in business. And that's exciting and good. But that also means that everybody's learning as they go. Or the analogy that we we talk about is build the plane as we fly it. Um, so uh, with that said, it might be helpful to, to talk about a couple of interesting findings that we've had in the book so far that might be enticing to our readers or our listeners, I should say, soon to be readers, hopefully. <laughs> but, but Aubrey, I want to bounce it over to you because I love the the idea of you are farming, you are not hunting. But like, what does that mean? I mean, it's a, it's an analogy. Like, what does that actually mean in the world? Yeah, of course, certainly an analogy, but one we hear often here in our business. And the analogy essentially is that instead of hunting, so going and searching for your new work, and it's kind of a one shot and done sort of situation farming is more cultivating Mm -hmm. the spaces in which you want to sell work through relationship development and and through iterative interactions over time with your potential clients right so cold beady outreach or hunting as yeah, it's called in in this analogy <laughs> because we're not going to say selling because the book is called never say sell that's exactly right tj we're not going to talk about selling here we're going to talk about business development so mm-hmm. cold cold outreach which is very typical for most business development and sales folks specifically in professional services it's really expensive it takes a ton of time and also doesn't have the same ROI as farming, if you will, with your best clients mm-hmm. um, for new work. So one thing that TJ and I hear time and again, both internally and with our clients, is that almost 80% of new work in professional services firms comes from current clients. And mm-hmm. this is just a testament to how farming can help capitalize on this phenomenon, right? It helps you just use the philosophy that most professional services already employ, which is 
to deliver high value work to their clients. And in doing so, you earn that trust, credibility, and develop relationships over time in a way that earns you the right to go to them and say, hey, I heard you talking about XYZ challenge. I don't, that's not my service line, but we have a service line in our business that might be helpful for you. Would you be just interested in having a conversation with the person who oversees that service line? So that's a little bit about the farming hunting analogy mm-hmm. and kind of dichotomy, if you will. Yeah. And, and um, how clients buy talks a lot about like the traditional sales model and training. What's interesting about how clients buy also is that for anybody who is in sales or has worked with sales, I mean, virtually all of us have in some way, shape or form, we acknowledge the fact that sales, when you hear the word, like a lot of people think of, yeah, buying your computer or going to a car dealership and getting this like really hard bargain, I got to negotiate, et cetera, et cetera. That's not really the world of professional services, right? Like the world of professional services, if you had your traditional funnel associated with a sales model, every company on earth in theory could fit into that funnel. That's not scalable for you to be doing cold outreach on. That's not scalable for you to be personalized or having real conversations or determining like how you can actually help out your current client or another client. And so In a lot of ways, you just scrap the old school sales funnel ideology when it comes to professional services as a whole, which is that that farming instead of hunting idea. Um, And that's I mean, that's the first 10, 12 chapters of how clients buy is talking about why if you are in professional services, you absolutely need to get away from the idea that everything is a sales funnel. Because your yield on volume is just, you're not going to see it. If, if you took 80% of uh, uh, of your current work and applied it to the world, you'd have more work than you never you ever knew what to do with. But if you went to a professional services company and asked them if, they, if that was the case, that's not the case. They have a handful or a very select niche, which this book talks a lot about, is finding your niche and perfecting your craft in that niche. Um, but they have a niche that they work in, and then they deliver on it excellently all the time, which I think is also segueing us now to a slightly different chapter and never say sell. But that is like how you take your niche and how you scale that opportunity with other clients or what what the book has dubbed the diamond of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I the diamond of opportunity is such an interesting model of expansion with current clients. And I'm not going to go too deep into the diamond of opportunity because it would probably take me 30 minutes to talk about all of it, but essentially it's shaped in a diamond. I'm sure you're not surprised by this, (laughs) but it is a combination of expanding work. um, So similar services with your current buyer that you work with and selling different services to new buyers. So it's kind of a bunch of different combinations of those two things. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're selling a new service to the same buyer that you currently work with, or maybe you're selling the same service to a different buyer within the organization. But essentially what you're doing is you're creating connections throughout the business. So identifying Mm -hmm. some of those other key buyers within the business where you could add value, right? Like that's the key. That's really the the center of all of this is where can you add value and 
who are the people that you need to get in front of to demonstrate that value, whether it be the service that you're currently providing or perhaps a new service line that you could provide to the same buyer that you've been working with for years and years. Well, I feel like this is the most timely to be talking about that, right? Now that we are in the back half of this calendar year, everybody's thinking about 2024 already, which is a little terrifying, you know, like that means that we have to plan Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays before that (laughs) takes place. But, but, you know, uh, as you start to think about what the future looks like with yourself, the clients you work with and the work that you can be executing, I think it's really important to be building that trust and just making new friends along the process. So much of that and so much of, of the root of Pi's growth that we've talked about with Tom and with Jacob and with Steph and Andy and people who have been on the, the podcast in previous episodes has been uh, being a rainmaker and delivering great work, which is a theme that's covered in how clients buy throughout. Um, but that the work that we're doing are credence goods, meaning that there's something that, that you know, uh, you can't, you have to buy on faith a little bit, right? This is also the hard part about buying and business development and selling in the professional services world is that you're going on faith and you're going on trust, but that also means that the power of a referral goes that much further. If I come to you and I say, Aubrey, I want you to introduce me to someone in your organization and you make that leap of faith, Clearly, we've built and established a huge amount of trust. And the person, that third person who's now getting introduced to our inner circle has to know and and trust our reputation. Professional services isn't just like, hey, I'm selling you Outlook or Microsoft 365 on your computer and you plug it in and you're like, hey, cool. It's a long thought out process of strategy, of consulting, of thinking outside the box and doing something different than you always have. But that that doesn't always mean that it's a, a tangible product. It is that credence good. Um, so it's, it's hard to do also that that's why this, there is only a handful of these books is is because it's so hard to build that trust in professional services. Right. Like I said earlier, I think it's so much about, you know, developing such a deep sense of trust with someone that they know that you're always going to try and do right by them. Hmm. And this, this ties really well into a part of Never Say Sell that I really enjoyed and really resonated with me, which is a section on knowing thy client. And I was actually working with uh, Tom, this our CEO, and Jacob, our president, who um, both authored Never Say Sell for, for a business development training recently. And we were talking a little bit about this, knowing thy client, but also knowing thyself and knowing what services you provide and what value that adds and also knowing what you don't provide and Mm. and being really realistic and that's another way to build trust i think we also heard this when we interviewed arjun from publicist sapien when he talked a lot about knowing when to say no um Mm. when you know you can't provide that service or add that value and even going a step further can you provide a referral to someone within your network that you know can add that value and can provide that service, right? That that will deepen the trust. But in terms of knowing thy client, I think there's a few tips in this book that I wanted to share that I found really interesting and as a way to continue building that trust um, and getting to know your client in a way that will open up opportunities for you to deepen that relationship and hopefully win new work down the road. Mm -hmm. So 
couple ones that I use a lot in my day-to-day too. Uh, the first one is just asking meaningful questions and listening, truly listening and being really curious, right? I think yeah. as facilitators, TJ, you and I are really trained to do this. This is a big part of our job as we interview executives, asking questions, kind of reading between the lines, maybe saying the quiet thing loud uh, yeah. oftentimes with these people that we interview, but really listening and understanding the dynamics at play within your client's organization and understanding their strategic intent as they make decisions around the work they do and, and how they interact with their partners. Yep. And another one for me that's been really helpful is you know, staying informed about your clients. It's a very simple thing to do, but something I think we often forget as we get busy with the day-to-day delivery cycles of all the work that we're trying to deliver exceptionally for our clients, right? So simple as setting Google alerts for your clients or the industry that you work in, Mm -hmm. um, reading articles that come out in those Google alerts to know what's going on in the industry and be able to share thought leadership. And of course, just staying in touch with what's happening with your client's organization. Are they releasing a new product? Are they, you know, are they growing exponentially? Did they have a great quarter? Did you want to congratulate them for hitting their sales quota? I think simple things like that demonstrate that you are paying attention and that that you really care um, and that you have their best interests at heart. A hundred percent. You know, I, I got to go back to one thing because when you mentioned Arjun, it reminded me of the conversation we had about being your authentic self with our mm-hmm. friends at CS, Sarah and Bora. Um, I, I think about that conversation like roughly every three days when it, there are times I jump into a meeting and I'm, <clears throat> pardon me, I jump into a meeting and I'm like, hello, this is me. And I'm like, I'm playing an act. Just be yourself. Just show, right. Just show up like TJ every single day and it'll resonate just fine. I think that what uh, you know as i'm staring at the open book here right there's this notion of developing your own style it's so hard to do though right finding mm-hmm. the balance of being yourself having a style that you stake your reputation on and therefore that's why people want to work with you and do business with you but while also staying informed and being adaptable being a chameleon it's a it's not an easy process. It takes repetition. Um, I think that's also why we see a lot of people at Pi who stay around as long as they do, because it t- once you find that niche, that style, that way you want to operate, you fall into a groove that normally I think people would would say a gro- falling into a groove is like a negative thing. I disagree. I think once you find a groove and find your niche and find what you want to do, you can execute on that like seamlessly and flawlessly for a really long period of time. But it does take being informed about the entire world, about what's taking place, about what your clients are doing. Um, I've refused to get on Twitter, but every once in a while, I, I see things that roll through that are like big news flashes. And I'm like, ooh, it's really good for me to actually know that. Maybe it is get on Twitter and <laughs> stay informed about your clients and what's going on in the world. It's a, it's a craft that will never be perfected. And that is like the craft of being a human while doing and delivering really great work. That's like the key to being a rainmaker in this whole situation. I couldn't agree more. And I think we talked about this on our interview with Sarah and Bora, but I think the more comfortable you get with showing up as yourself, the more your clients will inevitably trust you because people can feel that authenticity. They Mm -hmm. they can sense that, um, whether over a Zoom call or in person. People can sense when you're comfortable in being yourself 
And I also think that brings the confidence to do a lot of the things that we've already been talking about, right? Making new connections within your client's business, being creative and adding adding new value for your clients Mm -hmm. and just being willing to ask those hard, sometimes hard questions as you're trying to learn more about your client or just have a really honest and frightened conversation about your relationship with them or your services or whatever it may be. I think that being your, your true self gives you the the foundation to do that in a way that feels safe. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You, uh, I think one last note I'll make on both of these books and something that that we talk about a lot and I've started to reflect on in my personal life and the way I interact with people outside of Work at Pie is that people buy from those that they like, know, and trust. You can build those three foundations. You'll be perfectly fine in all aspects of professional services, being a decent human being out there in the world, um, (laughs) and being really successful. I guess with that all said, uh, let's wrap today. for those that are listening, just as a really quick recap, um, the two books are How Clients Buy and Never Say Sell. We're going to put links to uh, both of those books in the show notes today. Um, you can buy them at on Amazon, somewhere in that mix of 191 to 250,000 books on leadership out there. Um, but we'll have the link to be able to buy those on on Amazon. Of course, please always reach out to us. Uh, I'm T. Dennis at Profitable Ideas. Aubrey, are you A. Darden? Is that, did it change? <laughs> yep, that's the right one. A. a. Darden at ProfitableIdeas.com. And we're always happy to talk about the books, talk about professional services, anything you might've learned or heard on the podcast. Um, and thanks for, for listening. We'll uh, catch you next month. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast brought to you by Profitable Ideas Exchange. If you enjoyed the content in this month's discussion, please visit our blog at ProfitableIdeas.com or check out our books, Never Say Sell and How Clients Buy. Profitable Ideas Exchange, connecting powerful minds and making the world smarter and smaller.